I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, I'm Mark Jeeves. And I'm Jenny Nelson. This is Reproducer, the podcast that explores the art of radio production by talking to the people who actually do it on a daily basis. Today, we're focusing once more on one of the hardest working groups of radio people, the Breakfast Show Producer. Now, as someone who presented Breakfast Shows for many years, I know that it's one of the hungriest parts of the schedule when it comes to content. And the Breakfast Producer is one of those people that always has to be on uh, it's an exhilarating experience, but it's disastrous for your sleep patterns. Not only that, but our guest today is the producer of the biggest breakfast show in Scotland, Bowie at Breakfast on Clyde One. Our guest is John McEnany. You know what, if, if you get into it, you just learn how unique radio is and how beautiful a medium it is. As a producer, you've got to play to present. You've got to know what your presenter wants from you. That's the great thing about being a breakfast show producer. You're coming into that, you know, that fresh blackboard most days and going, right, what is today? What What is the big thing people are talking about? So in this conversation, which I have to confess, did take place quite a long time ago during the heat wave over the summer. We spoke about the phenomenon that is Bowie at Breakfast breakfast we spoke about what particular skills and responsibilities a breakfast show producer needs to have the importance of creativity and keeping things fluid and the perks of being head of music at xfm scotland which is one of the roles he's had in a very varied career at a number of radio stations so we started off by asking him to give us a summary of all the places he's worked at because there's been quite a few reproducer reproducer I think I've maybe worked at more radio stations than you have, Jenny, which is <laughs> must be some sort of record. Um, I mean, we obviously crossed paths uh, as student radio and uh, fourth one's legendary festival team back yeah. in the day. Uh, so that's really, you know, where my radio career started at Fresh Air FM and Edinburgh Uni, doing hospital radio, Radio Royal uh, in Falkirk. And then from there progressed... Uh, left uni halfway through my journalism degree, well, last through my final year, uh, got offered the chance to go and work at uh, Scotland's newest radio station, Beat 106, 
uh, which God rest its soul is no longer there, like many of the radio stations I'm about yeah. to mention. Um, <laughs> so Beat one. Beat 106 uh, then kind of evolved uh, through many takeovers into XFM Scotland, which that then evolved into basically being networked and everyone being dumped. Uh, so I was uh, from uh, Beat 106, I kind of progressed from being a breakfast show producer up to being really kind of head of music at XFM in Scotland. Uh, and then when that uh, got... Uh, well, networked as such, it was then I, I moved over to doing some freelance stuff at Clyde, doing uh, Gina McKee's uh, love, sex, and relationship show on uh, evenings, which was interesting. Uh, and then back to breakfast, I went, um, went down to Real Radio in Newcastle, had three and a half brilliant years down there. Um, and there's an odd defunct radio station, uh, count them as you go along. Uh, <laughs> and then after that, Back up uh, the road to Scotland to Clyde One to do Bowie at Breakfast, Breakfast Show producer there. And then I moved over when Global came to Scotland uh, and rebranded Heart and Real Radio. Uh, I moved over to Heart and Smooth and XFM Scotland, which had come back for a second time. I moved, yeah. over, <laughs> moved over there to become an uh, assistant uh, managing editor there. And then after, again, the global call back in the day, I then went into the agency side of things, uh, being a content director for a podcast agency. And then was tempted back into radio and find myself now 20-odd uh, years down the line back at Clyde One, back on breakfast, doing what I love. Amazing, amazing. I'd forgotten about XFN Scotland's kind of, Return and yeah, 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 yeah. I was there for both. Uh, you know, they, they, they generally are starting to call me Jonah uh, because I seem to sink every other radio station I'm at. So, you know, as long as I hope you've got a lot of mugs, though. Did you get many mugs or any oh, station branding? My, colle my collection of station mugs will put yours the same, Jenny Nelson. Good, good, um, good. XFM, Scotland, Heart, Smooth. I've got them all, Real Radio. I've got one signed by Robson Jerome, a Real Radio mug signed by Robson Jerome, which is a, takes star uh, place in my mantelpiece. Amazing, amazing. And um, so for anyone listening who isn't familiar with Bowie at Breakfast, because, I mean, the show is... It's huge. I mean, it's yeah. just it's a it's a bit of a phenomenon, really, in in radio. Can you kind of give us a bit of background for anyone who isn't aware of it? I mean, George is just uh, celebrating his twenty fifth anniversary on air this year. Um, George is, you know, it, it is a phenomenon, like you say. I mean, it's one of the biggest breakfast shows outside of London, um, and it's the heritage. You know, it's it's the Clyde One heritage. Clyde being one of the first commercial radio stations. George being, he's got to be the longest serving uh, commercial radio breakfast show presenter going now. I, I don't think there's many other people there that'll be able to beat him. And, you know, as well as George doing what he does on the breakfast show, he also has this uh, dance show, GBX, which is like a phenomenon in itself in Glasgow. You know, so he's, he's been doing it. He's got that heritage. He's got this real amazing relationship with his audience. And it, it's just it just goes from strength to strength, you know. And I think actually, even in you know twenty five years down the line, he's doing some of the best stuff he's done on the radio, you know. And uh, we were lucky enough to to get a bronze aria in amongst the big boys this year, so it was it was a great result for us. And you know, I was delighted because it's been a long time coming for George to be recognised, and it, it was a great moment. Brilliant. I was um, 
don't know if I should say I was one of the judges and I thought it was a brilliant entry. So, um, oh, yeah, thanks, thanks. Jenny. And actually, that was partly why I was like, John, because you are in the background in one of the clips. And I was just like, oh, I need to get in touch with him. I need to get him on the podcast. Um, so, what do you like? What do you love about radio? Because clearly you do love it. But what, what do yeah. you love most and what, what frustrates you? Like, what are the things that bother <sighs> you about it? There's, there's, I guess there's, I always think there's two people that are drawn towards radio. There's the radio radio people and there's the music radio people. Um, I was a music radio person. I love music. Absolutely love music. And that's what it's like, sort of really drew me to the medium, you know. Um, I think, though, you know, as, as you get into it, you just learn how unique radio is and how beautiful a medium it is. Um, you know, it, it just that intimacy of radio that I don't think any other media has. It, it's just that one-to-one relationship you have with your listeners, you know, on the phones, you know, relating stuff back to you, thinking that you're one of your friends and stuff. I think that's the real draw to radio to me. It's just, it's just beautiful. And I, I think once you've got the bug for radio, you see a lot of TV presenters who have worked, you know, went from TV into radio and they... They, I've heard a lot of people speaking that they suddenly get this medium and just love it as well. With you know Graham Norton, Jonathan Ross, all these people that have fallen in love with radio, and I think it is that intimacy that the people have with radio which draws, which draws people to it. And I think that's what I've learned. You know, when I went in initially, love music. And in all honesty, I was trying to get, you know, another uh, string on my CV in terms of just building media experience for, for going into journalism. Um, and it was, yeah, it just, it just gets such a taste for it, don't you? And you can, it's just fun, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and it's so nice to hear you still having fun. Cause I think, yeah, you're having great fun. Because, uh, there are, you know, it can be quite stressful. Well, it, it is stressful, right? which leads me to say, what, what are the things that you, if you get frustrated or like, what would you say you hated about it? I think if you have anything. I, I, no, I think you, I could probably list off from faulty equipment to our air conditioner isn't working in the studio at the moment. It's an absolute nightmare. Oh, God. So basically, I'm back timing the air conditioning at the moment, Jenny, because basically we're switching on this air conditioning uh, machine and then there's like 10 seconds of the song to go and it, it doesn't switch off immediately. You, oh, it, it powers down. So it's like, all right, okay, there's 20 seconds of Adele to go, okay, run over and switch off the air condition. <laughs> so it's, uh, but no, there, there's, there's frustrations in every walk of life, I think, in every every job you do. I think the big frustration from, you know, I think it's frustrations shared by many in radio is just, you know, we've we started in a business where it was local, local, and every, there was a lot more jobs out there. And, you know, it's squeezed and squeezed and squeezed. And, you know, it, it's a bit like the, the squid games now, you know, where we're left with the best of the best now, Jenny, you know, it's that's what it is. You know, a few people have been zapped on along the way and we're kind of left with the, with the best now. But it, it that's a frustrating part because you would like to see more jobs out there for more people and, you know, getting into radio. And, and do you know what? It's great being back at Quite One because it feels, you know what I mean, like a proper radio station. You know, I was sitting over there at Global Heart and Smooth and we had the breakfast show, we had the drive time show, um, and then obviously got squeezed to, to just drive time and end my time there. But it at Quite there's a hustle and bustle. There's there's shows going on throughout the day. There's a full news team. There's producers, which is phenomenal. You know, I'm used to working yeah. radio stations where it was just the breakfast show producer, but we've got um, an evening producer. We've got a super scoreboard producer. We've got a drive time producer, and it's just it's just great to be back in that environment. It feels like you're making radio again, if that makes sense. And 
clearly the resources they've got, they are benefiting from because Clyde One is, it's just huge, isn't it? I mean, it's a force. Like, it's, yeah, it's yeah. an amazing I mean, brand. The, the station won um, uh, gold at Darius as well, which was great. And it's credit to uh, Vic Victoria Easton, who's our uh, lord and mentor who's really pulled that team together and really invigorated the station and, and taken it in that in that direction. Um, so, yeah, it's, 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 it's been great being back. You know, that's been back in radio about 18 months now. Um, right. And I've really enjoyed it. Obviously, we've had the tough times through COVID and, you know, working yeah. through that and finding different ways of doing things. I mean, God, it just, we, there was shows where we had to do basically three a three-way you know when i was in one i was in my house george was in his house cassie our uh, co-presenter was in her house and it was just like it was just mad times but um it, it just you know living through that as well it's been an experience as jenny said it's brilliant that you uh speak so uh passionately and you love it so much and you've already mentioned somebody you've mentioned you mentioned victoria easton riley who's kind of done amazing things at that station who else would you uh, but at any point in your career, who have who have really made a difference for you? Who have been someone you know inspirations? I think I, I I come from a generation that was was brought up on Radio One and the Chris Evans Breakfast Show, um, and that show for me and listen to a great podcast. Sorry, but plugging our podcast, it was the, the one that Nick Goodman done with the Chris Evans Breakfast Show, and I listened to that, uh, and it, it just it reminded me of how. You know, my, that's what reignited, that's what ignited my passion for radio, that show, because they were just doing stuff that you never heard on the radio before, and it was just daft, stupid, silly stuff, which is my favourite type of radio. And I think that's what that's what really drew me towards radio. That, and I have to say, Mark and Lard, probably my all-time favourite when they were yeah. doing afternoons on Radio 1. Again, just my sense of humour, just stupid, stupid stuff, but just things that... You know, you can still think of all the catchphrase and everything that lived through that show. And that, for me, was the two pre the, the presenters that really drew me in were Chris Evans and, and Mark and Lard. But um, from a production point of view, you know, I, I'd, you know I, when I got thrown into radio, I, I, had, I worked with a, a, a brilliant uh, radio producer called Claire Pattenden, who used to produce uh, Bruno Brooks, uh, worked on Radio 1. And she, she basically was my sort of mentor. And then... Uh, I was meant to spend sort of six months under Claire's wing and then she got pregnant and then couldn't get up for breakfast. So after a month and a half of being a broadcast assistant, I was like thrown out of the nest at Beat 106. Right, right, you do it now. That's your job. So I learned a lot on the job um, and I didn't have, you know, apart from Claire, I didn't really have many uh, people to work with. Mark Finlay, again, love Mark. He's now high hygiene at uh, Global. Uh, my first gaffer, and he, he was a he was a great guy and a great influence here. But throughout my career, I think the the one producer and from a production point of view, a guy I've, I've worked with as a consultant is a guy called Dennis Clark. Now, anyone lucky enough to work with Dennis, he's worked Elvis Duran's producer for years and years and years, and he is an absolute phenomenon. And I'll. I'll just the, you know, I haven't spent a lot of time with Dennis. I've done, you know, lots of sort of breakfast work with him when I was at Beat 106, also when I was at Real Radio. Uh, and he's just, he's a guy I, I just could sit and listen to all day talk about radio. Because a lot of consultants come from different presenting backgrounds, I guess. But he'd come from a complete production background. 
So working with him, learning from him, uh, in the brief time I did spend, spend with him, he, he's definitely up there as being a big influence on, on my production career. Interesting to hear what you said about Chris Evans, because I'm sure he won't, he won't mind me saying, but I remember uh, the day that Chris Evans' breakfast show came on, Steve Orchard, who was running GWR Group, mm. told me afterwards, he said he, uh, he listened to that breakfast show and he knew, in his words, that every GWR breakfast show was obsolete overnight. Yeah. <laughs> so it just immediately <laughs> went... Everything we're doing is rubbish. Reproducer. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You've had some great mentors by the sound of it who have been really inspirational. What would you say the best lesson is that you've ever learned? Thinking as a producer and thinking for anyone who's listening to this who might want to come through into this industry, what would you say the best, you know, the thing you took away that maybe go, oh, yes. Yeah, I think uh, there's a lot of things I've taken away as producer, but my, my one, if you want to give one bit of advice, is always be 20 minutes ahead of your presenter. Presenters live in the here and the now all the time. They don't know what's going on uh, 20 minutes ahead of themselves. And they'll go, oh, I want to do this now, because you know what presenters get? like? They get excited. They, they, they come across something on the, in the newspaper, which they go, oh, immediately, oh, I want to do that. Or they, you know, they, they'll, they'll get a great call and you Hold your horses there, right? You know, <laughs> let's just use that. We've got this coming up. We've got that coming up. That's great. Let's bank that up. Let's put that in a peak time because that is such a good call. Let's put that in peak time now. And it's that's the one thing where it's like be 20 minutes. Make mm. sure you know where you're going. It's like a roadmap with a show, isn't it? You just got to know where you're going with it. And I think um, that that's a great bit of advice. And I always think as well for any producer is just play to your presenter. You know, um, presenters, and I love to use football analogies, so apologies if no one into, into you football. But, you know, it, some presenters are strikers, right? They will put the ball in the back every net, every time, right? Your job as a producer can sometimes just to be that holding midfield role. So just protect, make sure everything's going well, make sure you're hitting your timings, you know. You've got to do this S&P script read right now. Do that. They've got it all in their head. They know exactly what they're doing. Let's think Cristiano Ronaldo. He knows what he's doing. He's pretty, take the ball on his own, da, 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 up, score a goal, but he needs some protection behind him. I know, I'm going deeper with this, right? No, some, that's good. Some presenters Just don't do the offside are, rule, all right? I'm lost. <laughs> <laughs> some presenters are out-and-out out strikers, right? But they don't know where the ball is coming from. So sometimes as a producer, and this is, this is sometimes like me and George, I just provide the content for him. So I, I cross the ball into him and he puts it into the back of the net nine times out of ten, you know. So he'll, he'll he generally, George, will turn to me. And this is George, typical George. Go, what are we doing next? And I'm just like, right, 
okay, this story's quite good. I think you'll find something. Here's a couple of ideas around it. On you go. And he goes, right, okay, fade her up. And that that's how George works. And he, he's, you know, like you say, 25 years in the business. That is how he works. And he, he just works. And I know nine times out of ten, like you say, like any good striker, going to put the ball in the back of the net. Um, so I think as a producer, you've got to play to present. You've got to know what your presenter wants from you. If whether it is just that, here's the show plan, here's some content, there you go, it's all yours now. Or do you need to be that guy who, like you say, Right, okay, that's a story that George do. Oh, what? Feed him a couple of lines and then he'll just take it and, and then say, oh, well, we could do that. I say, well, oh, great, we'll do that. And, you know, sometimes you've got to play to, to your presenter, I think, as a producer. Tough job, though, because uh, if he wants to do something right now, because it's really excited about it, you know, there <laughs> must be a temptation for him to go, sorry, producer, I'm going to go and do this. Or does he not? Does he know... What's good for him? Do you know what? That the, the only reason I've I've come back to Clyde, and the only reason I came back to breakfast was because of George. Because when I worked with him the first time, we had a really good relationship. Like you know, we both have a really strange sense of humour for a start, um, and our, our humour kind of works together. Sometimes to the detriment of whatever we do on the radio, but um, we think it's funny, and hopefully everyone's laughing alongside us as well. But um, yeah, George, we've, we've built up this relationship. George trusts, he, he knows what he wants to do. He knows what I want to do. And we've built up such a, a great relationship. There's, there's real trust there. When I say to him, listen, just bank that off. We've got this coming up. He knows I'm doing it for a reason, not just to, you know, act pr big producer. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I just, I, he knows I'm doing it for a reason. We've got that relationship. I think that's really important as well, Paul, Paul we're on that, is the relationship that you have with your presenter. You know, you've got to... I mean, I know producers that sometimes have a very business-like relationship, but I always think, especially at breakfast time when you're waking up at five o'clock in the morning, you know, you've got to have a friendship as well, I think, in, in that trust with each other because, you know, you're coming in... And that's the great thing about being a breakfast show producer. You're coming into that, you know, that fresh blackboard most days and going, right, what is today? What What is the big thing people are talking about today? You know, and, and you can react to that and come up with stupid ideas off the back of it. We don't even have to throw out the phone number these days. If we, if sometimes we just do a link we're not intending, people just call in and react to what George is saying. And it's just, it's a beautiful thing. Never leave that job. It sounds amazing. <laughs> um, and and ju just, uh, just quickly as well, just on your kind of, your development, I suppose, because you have closed down a lot of radio stations, as you've mentioned. So yes, I have. <laughs> what, what would be the best advice that you would give to you when you were starting out, your younger self? What, what would you tell yourself? I think it's, it's like, don't sweat the small stuff. Like, yeah. I think as a young producer, you get caught up in, you know, you stress, oh, my God, oh, my God. And it is, it's just like... Mistakes happen. It's, it's only radio. I used to get myself in a right tiz about things, and now I'm just like, you know, I think it's you know, twenty odd years in the business. Like, oh well, that happened. Move on. What's the next link? You know, and you, you sometimes when I was a young producer, got bogged down and you stress yourself out about the this, this small stuff, and it's like, no, it's, you know, these things happen. It's live radio. Things will go wrong, and you know, you just move on from that. You know. So. A typical day. Is there a typical day in the life of the Clyde One Breakfast producer? How give give us a bit of insight. So I'll I'll roll in the door about kind of ten past five in the morning. First thing you know you go to is just well setting up the studio, everything that needs set up in the studio, and then you're straight into the content. Um, 
just picking out stories. I mean, we've, we've got the we always have the bare bones of the of the show there. We always have. We've got a ton of stuff that we've just not got to in backup if it's a rainy day. But we're really fluid in our show. We can throw things out and bring things in, reacting to the day. And you know, I think that I always think that's a great. You know, I've, I've talked about it before, but being fluid like that and not just going in as a producer or a presenter and having that set plan, right? We must do this today. We will do this at this time and this at this time and that and that thing. I think you've got to react to what's happening in people's lives. You know, I'll go in, look at the content, what what I do and what the, the focus of our, our, our show always is Glasgow, any big Glasgow story, any Glasgow in the West story that, that I think we can we can react to, you know, that goes in the show and that, that will look for something at 825 for whatever the big Glasgow thing is or whatever's happening in the city or, or roundabouts. Um, we also had, you know, I will prepare once I've gathered up content stories, I'll prepare. We, we have a feature called Glasgow in the know, which is just quickly, right. This is happening today. You know, this is trending. This new cinema is opening in Glasgow, whatever it is. Uh, so get that all prepared. And then um, we're into the show sit down um, and go, right, okay, what, well, you know, once we get, because like every other presenter, they usually feel when it's six o'clock in the morning. And then once we get into the show, once we get into the show, the first, the first part of the show really kind of takes care of itself in terms, because we, we repeat our 5K minute and we do the answers and then we do some, we repeat some of the calls from yesterday. So in that kind of half hour, we're talking about that show, the show of the day and saying, right, we could do this, we could do that. What about this? What about that? Uh, I'll get this. We could get this call on. We could make this happen. So that it's quite like I say it's quite fluid and quite on the hoof. But that's the way George likes to work, and it's the way I kind of work as a producer as well. So going back to like the the skills that every producer should have. I mean, we've covered quite a lot already. But are there any that we haven't covered that you think, again, to aspiring producers, people who are listening, people who want to work in radio, what are the skills that we haven't yet? I think creativity for me is it's been what I've sort of lived off of in radio is coming up with ideas, just ridiculous, stupid ideas that you think, well, that you know that will make people smile. I mean, that just sounds ridiculous, but it's funny and hopefully it's making. As I said, it makes me laugh. It makes George laugh. It makes our bosses laugh when we suggest it. It's like, yeah, that's it. So I think creativity, you know, whether it's going and getting a, a stupid bed for something, you know, coming up with a, a fake advert, you know, working your working your way around and just being creative with the idea, just taking it, that idea in paper and then just building it out from there and just making it into this, like, big fun thing. So coming up with creative ideas and creativity, I think, is a really, really important skill in being a producer, as well as organisational skills and all that sort of stuff. But I think the creativity is where you can change, you know, a good show into a great show by just having creativity and doing things a bit differently from from everyone else. You um, mentioned earlier on about the contraction of the radio industry and where we're going to get new talent from. Um, And it's something that we're really interested in on this podcast, really. Where do you think, uh, or or how best can we nurture new talent to come into the industry? I think talent now, I think there's probably more talent, and then this is, goes against, I think there's more talent out there than there has been because everyone can be a presenter now. You know, and I, I've talked about this with students and what have you. All you need is a mobile phone. If you really want to be a presenter, all you need is a mobile phone. You can set up a YouTube channel from that. You can set up a podcast from that. You can record a podcast to your mobile phone. 
there's so much talent. The problem with it is it's not coming into radio. It's going on to YouTube. It's going on to podcasts. But I think there is talent there for radio uh, programmes to go and harvest. I just think that's, it's, it's not, I mean, I don't, when I was in management, I could count on my hand for, on my hand how many demos I got sent in. It was very few and far between. You know, we we got we were very lucky. We went to the point where we we, we had a an internship with the City of Glasgow College, which ran a radio course. So we filtered a lot of. Uh, we went out there and looked for interns to to help us, and you know we we hooked up with them. And had a great uh, relationship with them, and brought interns in, which I'm glad to see. Actually, two of them have ended up in in radio jobs up in Glasgow now. Okay. Um, but it. If you're looking for presenting talent and you're looking for production talent's a bit different, I would say. But presenting talent, I think it's out there and it just needs to be harvested. So go and look at YouTube and, and find those local stars that are starting to to get you know uh, subscribers and are doing good things. Go and listen to the podcasts because these people can be taken and you can graft them. You know, radio. You know, you can say what you want. Radio is a hard, can be a hard skill, you know, and it, mm. but you can teach these these people to become radio presenters, you know, because if they've got a they've got something about them and they, you you know they're getting this following, there is obviously something about them. It's just I think training them. I, I think that's that's a really valid point about presentation. And you mentioned producers something slightly different. So if we were talking about um, getting more producers in. What would you say? Gee, that that's a hard. I think that you've got to bring them into the station. You know, every presenter will say, "Oh, producer's just a failed presenter," right? As you hear that from presenters all the time. You know, I always say, and I'm going to use another analogy here: the producers are the Jedi, and the presenters are the dark side and the Sith Lords. To me, uh, but you, yeah, that works for know, me. <laughs> I think you, you need you know need to bring people under your wing for for um, producing and just it's it's an education thing. It's like right, okay, you know, bring in it, use internships. You know, we're again we're lucky at Clyde. We're, we're able to use a lot of guys that have come freelance and have you know started just coming in and answering the phones on on Super Scoreboard or doing TO shifts, which we still have in in Clyde. Um, and because that's how we all got into it. hospital radio, student radio, but you know, learning that production side of things, I think that's more of a you know, I think presenters can come quite natural. I think I hate saying it, but presenters can sometimes be quite natural. But producers need to work at it a wee bit more to become a producer. I think. No, makes sense. I get that. And so, how do you feel about the future of radio? Because you know, we all hear the discussions about how. Um, yeah, radio has a challenge with attracting younger listeners to traditional yeah, radio. Yeah, yeah. How do you? Yeah. What's your take on that? It is a worry. I mean, you know, people are trying to get younger listeners. It's going to be interesting seeing the evolution. I always think that when you get to a certain age, I think when you're in that, I think we'll radio might lose that sixteen to twenty-five year old market. You know, in fact, we're losing numbers there as it speaks, and obviously the audience appears to be getting older. But I think when you when you get to the age of 25, 26, I think there's a tendency, right? Oh, I'm stuck in this traffic jam, and now we, we all know we get stuck in traffic jams. But we always just want to ask the question: Why am I stuck in this traffic jam? I mean. So you switch on, it's an instinctive thing, and I hope it still is an instinctive thing to switch on the radio or to get the news when, you, when you're when you in that, you know, 
commute going into work you know you've, you've got out of uni and you're starting to get into work and you know you're starting to you know think about mortgages and settle down and all that things we do as adults you know i think there's a i'm hoping there's going to be that draw back towards the radio i think for the younger end of the market we might lose them we might right. lose them but i really hope that when people start to mature and, and become hit adult life as they say there's a draw towards that radio and switching that that dial or you know switching on the the smart speaker or you know apple carplay and going to the radio um because I, th- I still think it's got so much merit you know a lot of stations are are trying these things where it's just kind of voice tracked with music but people still want to be entertained people still need information and th- there's nothing for me that I've come across that's done that yet. Uh, when you're on a commute or in a car, I mean, podcasts obviously um, is a. I think that's a, a. Again, it's that's another avenue. But I think people for information and entertainment will hopefully come back to keep coming to the radio. I hope so, and it, yeah, you make a good point. But um, yeah, so radio is actually going to become the mature choice. I never thought I'd ever. <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. A, you, you get to a certain age, and then you go to the radio. You've had some really marvelous gigs, and you've done uh, you've done a lot of really good stuff. Do you, do you have a a dream job that you haven't actually done yet? Is there one that you, you know, go, oh, I'll run do that? You know, when me and Jenny worked, and I believe we were, uh, this was this happened when we were working together at Fourth One in the festival team, which is a fantastic place for uh, young radio enthusiasts to cut their teeth. It was actually it was a. a a woman called Marsha Shandour, who we worked with, who was kind of heading up the team. And she went around and said, what would be your dream job in radio? And I'm very lucky to say I probably accomplished that because I said I want to be head of music at XFM because I'll get free CDs and get to go see what's free gigs. And I got to do that. I got to do that. And I got... I got to do it without going to London. It all came to Scotland, so that was my dream job. And Brilliant. can I just t- can I just tell you that was a great job for a, a music enthusiast and an indie music lover like myself. Getting to go to see free gigs and getting free CDs at the time was my absolute dream. Uh, so I did that. What would be my dream job? Uh, do you know what? It's something I've not done yet, and I would like to do it at some point because I've, I've obviously I've been deputy. Manager, I'd actually like one day to run my own radio station and just okay. put my own print onto a radio station. Just, you know, it doesn't have to be a big one. I'm not looking after. I'm not looking out uh, for for any big jobs, so don't worry. But you know, just to go and run my own radio station and just put my own stamp on it and say, this is the way I'd like a radio station sound. That might not do terribly well on the ratings, but you know, at least I've done it. So I'd like it at some point to be running my own radio station. So that that, that would be good fun, I think. That's excellent. I mean, you mentioned Chris Evans, and he, he does come up a few times. Any dream talent that if you had the chance to work with, you would jump at? Oh, yeah. What's that? Mark and Lard. Mark and yeah. Lard. I would love yeah. to. I would lo- That would be the dream. There's my dream job. That, reuniting Mark and Lard and doing a late-night show with Mark and Lard on any radio station that would take us. And that would be that would be the yeah. absolute dream of of my, my dream gig. I, do you know what? I'd love to work with Moyles as well. Um, yeah. Chris Moyles, I think. Uh, I, I met him a couple of times and um, I think he's he's a he's he I think he'd be a really interesting show to work on. I'd love I'd love to see how, how that, that show works. Um but yeah that 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 would be good fun I think. Very good. Bring back Mark and Lard's wine tasting, which I think was the finest feature I've ever heard. Absolutely. Love it. Absolutely. Yeah. We've got um, 
uh, just a couple of questions that we ask all of our uh, guests um, for an, uh, a couple of moments that can be best described by OMG, first of all. Do you have an OMG moment, apart from getting all three CDs and uh, gigs <laughs> at XFM? I think uh, my OMG moment was uh, Sony Awards um, when I worked at Real Radio. Uh, we got no- we got nominated for Best Breakfast Show, and we were sitting there. Gosh, we've got no chance. Uh, it was uh, two people I worked with: Gary Thompson, who's now on BBC Tees, and uh, Lisa Shaw, who sadly passed away um, last year. Um, she, uh, we, we were sitting at the table, and we were just like, "No, we've got no chance." We were just in for a laugh. We were absolutely steaming. Me and Gary <laughs> were absolutely because we were. We just had no. We thought there's no chance we're winning this. And then suddenly, uh, John Simon sort of comes out, come, comes up to our table and is like, all right, guys, how are you doing? Like, yeah, all right, Simone, not bad, it's not bad. He said, you should win this. Shut up! Get away, Simone, away you go. <laughs> so anyway, they, 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 it was Tony Blackford doing the announcement and then we and me and guys sitting there steaming. And, um, uh, yeah, then our, our name got read out and we're just like, oh, my good God. Oh, my good God. Thank God Lisa was able to speak. Uh, we got up on stage. Gary jumped on. I think Gary Barlow was playing that day. And when we got up onto stage, he was so steaming. He jumped on to Gary Barlow's drum kit and started drumming away. Um, Excellent. And then quoted Steely Dan uh, in his uh, speech. And then we so so that was like. But I mean, you, the, I've still got the pictures of it, and my just face is just like, what has just happened? Oh my god! Because that I mean that was like big going radio was to win it when it was to win the Sony Award and to do it with. Two absolutely brilliant presenters and two really, really dear, dear friends was just, you know, just phenomenal OMG moment. For those who are listening who don't know what the Sony Awards was, it was at uh, Grosvenor House Hotel in Hyde Park. It was uh, one of the <laughs> poshest things you could ever go to. It was great. And, it was uh, great. You, you, always, you, you went predominantly to see who would make an ass of themselves. So absolutely. That, was, that, that yeah. was one of the reasons that you went, to see who would win an award when they'd got drunk. And what would they say that they would regret for the rest of their lives? At least your yeah. guy just played the drums. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What would be your FFS moment? Well, I have one of those every single morning, Mark. I'm honestly, <laughs> I'm honestly, it's like, George will just be a... Uh, for this morning, I was just like, for fuck's sake. You know, you hand him a read to do something. He's terrible. His memory is like a sieve. You tell him 30 seconds before I, you know, I've tried several techniques with him. I've tried them at you know, at the start of a link, I've tried them at the start of going at a song, I've tried them in the middle of the song, I've tried them right before like playing Fader Roulette with him to the point that you do that read now and it still goes out of his head and he wanders off into something else. And I'm like, and I'm just like, when the mic goes down, you just go, for fuck's sake, George, you didn't do that. His memory is like a sieve, so I have to say that every single morning there is an FFS moment on the show from the producer while I just go, ah, George. So, yeah, (laughs) that happens every day on the show. It's been so interesting finding, like, it's your enthusiasm, John. Like, the fact that you still still love it makes me so, so happy. And the fact that you're still (laughs) creative and that you're still... Like buzzing, it sounds like. Well, not yeah. I'm sure in the darker winter, probably not buzzing. No, certainly not. Coaster. Every morning, you would. I think as a breakfast show producer, and now I've realised I can swear in this podcast. The first word that comes out your mouth is "fuck's sake." <laughs> when you have to get up every single when that alarm goes off in the morning, just like oh Jesus. But I, and I always say, I think 
being a producer, because let's face the facts, everyone. It's the presenters that get all the credit. You know, as I go back to the football analogy, people forget about the, the midfielder that's doing all the work behind the striker. It's always yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo at the end of the day that wins the Ballon d'Or and gets all the credit and gets put on their shoulders at the end, you know. As a producer, you know, you've got to learn, you know, you're not going to get that. And you certainly aren't going to get paid the amount the producers, uh, presenters get either. However, however, I think it's, it is, I always say, it's a bit like a vocation, you know, nurses, teachers, they don't do it for the money, they do it because it's a vocation, they do it for the love, they do it for the passion. And I think you need that to be a producer because, like I say, the presenters are always get the glory, the presenters are always going to get the money, and you're just going to be sitting there going, ah, just a, a little content, I did that, you know, I made that happen, but I'm not getting the credit, but, you know, I think, you know, as a producer, you, you know, you... You've got to live off that. You've got to live off that because you've got nothing else to live off of, let me tell yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> very, very true. Well, yeah, thank you again. It's been really nice to kind of, yeah, well, to reconnect with you, but also just to hear your thoughts and to get some of your insights about your long career and long may it last in producing a great radio as well. So thanks for joining us. Thanks, no John. problem. Ho- hopefully I don't sink Clyde one now. So fingers crossed with fingers that. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Well, if you do, you can always launch your own radio station. And Yay! So, <laughs> there's a silver lining. Exactly. Reproducer. What a great enthusiastic fellow John McAnally is, isn't he? Yeah. Brilliant. Enthusiastic, brilliant. but realistic, which I think is a, a very important combination. It's true. It's true enough. And he also made the point actually about um, you need to, as a producer, you need to know what your presenter needs from you because you know Bowie at breakfast. Clearly, heritage presenter, been there a long time. Nothing you can teach them, but they still need a producer and they need things from a producer. So it's one of the most important things as a producer you can do is to find out what it is that your presenter will need from you and then deliver that time and time again, which is a great point. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks so much for listening to our chat with John McAnally. And do remember, we have many more conversations with many more radio producers for you to enjoy in this series. Just follow the podcast and you'll be alerted when we drop new ones. But in the meantime, enjoy chats with Emma Newman, who won awards for working with Frank Skinner, Susie Purdy, who is exec producer on Simon Mayo's Greatest Hit Show every day. Uh, all of those are available now for you to enjoy. Reproducer. Reproducer. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 